1: details i will talk for 12 <laughs> straight hours about panthers versus detroit i don't even care
2: i did that last night um <laughs> 12 12 straight hours <laughs> no we're, we're we're talking and the guys at pride of detroit are pretty cool you know we're talking and you know they they had questions about brad kaya um because apparently are. he's their brenton burson uh, when he was in Detroit and they, like, he has his own fan club and all the other shit. And they were all, they were, you know, wanting to know how he was doing in Carolina and all that. And I, you know, of course told him about the Facebook brigade that wants him to start and they thought that was great. Um, but we do all this podcast, you know, they do, they do three fifteen minute chunks. They do the injury report and then they do general stuff and then they do predictions and shit. And we get done, and I'm like, that was really good, solid podcast. I didn't, I didn't feel like I was nervous or talking over myself like I usually am on these things when I'm doing it with other blogs. And mm. the guy goes, uh, I forgot to hit record. Oh, no. And we oh. had to do the whole thing over again. Hello, welcome to the 4th and Short Podcast. John, did you see where Nick Batum is going to be out for like two weeks?
3: I was going to not interrupt him today, but then he started talking. He interrupted me, saying I was not going to interrupt him. Hi guys, welcome to the 4th and Short Podcast. I'm Jonathan, with your hosts Brian and Brad. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Great. Alright, I quit. I'm done. It's the last (laughs) podcast for me, ever.
3: We had to finish this one first, we already started.
1: Uh, Yeah.
3: All right, you can go now. I'm done with my hosting. It was too Oh hard. my,
1: oh my god!
3: <laughs>
1: All right, so we've already had our intro. That was just a train wreck. Um, I thought it was pretty good,
3: but I, th- I thought so, it was pretty
1: good myself. It's
2: probably one of our best ones.
1: Yeah, the the best one actually. Oh, well, thanks. And this is our best episode yet. Um, so we got the Detroit Lions coming up. Um. Wow, I'm I'm really shook right now. Hold on, uh, <laughs> the so, worst one yet. the so The worst one yet. Um, so yeah, we have we have Detroit on Sunday at one o'clock. Despite all the the drama this week, that's that's next on the that's next on our calendar is the three one Detroit Lions. Um, we were planning on having a guest on here, but uh, they, I guess, couldn't make it. Um so
0: moving just forward
1: yeah it's just it's just us unfortunately just three the three people. of us um i do have i do have a coworker who is a huge detroit lions fan and uh if i had been at work i would have asked him for his opinion on certain things but you know vacation so um sweet brag vacations <laughs> yeah all the vacations um so i guess i'll start with you john um what are, you looking, what are you looking at the most
2: coming up this week? Why do you always start with John? Why don't you ever start with me?
3: My That's, opinions are better. Because
2: I, you suck. Well, I, I disagree with that. Um, you know what, Brad? Go ahead. Talk. Go ahead. Tell, tell, tell me what
1: you're excited for this week against the Detroit Lions.
2: No, no. We'll let John go. I don't want to go first. I just wanted to know why I never get to. Because you never want to go first. But you never ask, so... Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, uh, well, since I write about the de- the defensive previews, I, that's kind of what I know more about going into the game. So I think that's... that's What I learned is that the Lions' offense is not as good as I thought it was. In terms Really? Of its, in terms of its efficiency, yeah. Like, they're... I think they're 10th in scoring, but they're... Somewhere in the low twenties, they're like in like twenty eighth or something in total yardage, or at least they're twenty eighth in yards for play, and then they're like twenty sixth in yards for pass and twenty fourth in yards for rush. I don't know. They're all in the twenties in all their offensive categories. So basically, the 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 way they're winning is by not turning the ball over and by forcing turnovers from the other team. So I, it's one of those things where it can't. I don't think it's one of those things that can be counted on all season, and it means. I feel like it's a, it's, the door is open for us to win just by playing like the Panthers play, as long as we don't turn the ball over.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'm actually pulling up their depth chart and injury report right
2: now. Yeah, fun fact, while we're talking about their offense, I, I learned this last night when I talked to the guys at Pride of Detroit, which is SB Nation's Detroit Lions blog, if you want to go visit it. Um, Be nice. They haven't had a 100-yard rusher since 2013 when Reggie Bush did it.
3: Reggie Bush. Jeez.
2: Yeah. It's, you know, it's been like almost four complete years since they've had a 100 yard rusher in a game. So, you know, if if we can continue that streak, I think we'll have a, a really good chance at winning.
3: Yeah. And they don't really seem like they have the, I mean, Amir Abdullah is not horrible, but. I feel like he did, I'm,
2: he's also hurt. He's on their he? injury report. Yeah, yeah, both of their running oh, backs is. are actually oh, yeah. on their injury report.
3: Well, Abdul practice uh, because, is full today, so I'm sure will be
2: Yeah, him and Dwayne Washington are both um, knocked up, and I'm not sure who their third string running knocked back is. Knocked up. Yes.
3: <laughs> they're knocked up. It's probably hard to play if that's the case. Um, it, it is yeah.
2: hard to play that way. They
3: do have Theo Riddick.
2: Yeah, actually, their Theo like Riddick back- is their other guy. I never can remember who Theo Riddick is.
3: He's basically I don't know Christian McCaffrey right now. Like he, I think he's got like he's probably got like four carries, but he catches a lot of passes.
1: Yeah, he's their pass catching back. He's uh pretty much all he's good for at Which the moment, would, from what I've seen.
3: Yeah, apparently that, that's not good. I don't know why people would do that, though. Apparently that's no good for your team. Yeah, he's yeah, got it's a
2: bad, no. it's a bad, bad look. If he's gonna catch passes, put him at wide receiver.
3: <laughs> he's got yeah, Fiorita's got 14 carries for 23 yards so far this year. Wow. And that's with a long of 11. So their 13 carries have gone for 12 yards. That's not bad. Not bad at all, Theo.
1: D- despite the concerns about their rushing game, they're 3 and 1 and 2 yards away from being 4 and 0 against the Falcons.
3: So, yeah, I know they're I are nothing to I sneeze gen- at.
1: Yeah, they're they're definitely nothing to sneeze at and I genuinely think that a lot of Panthers fans are kind of downplaying that team. Um Matthew Stafford's obviously a pretty good quarterback. They have Marvin Jones and Golden Tate who are good wide receivers, and apparently their defense is pretty good too. Yeah, um,
3: their defense is much better
1: than their offense. Darius Slay is one of the better defensive or uh, defensive backs in the NFL. Um, Glover Quinn was a former cornerback for them that played really well at safety. Um, Ziggy Ansah, Halodinata, you know, those are two really good defensive linemen. Apparently Paul Warlow still play, plays for them now, who was a longtime guy for the Falcons. Um I, feel like you, I guess BW well
3: I feel like you could just like list off their old their old roster off their injury report.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a long injury report. Let me see how many people are on it. It's got 14. one, two, three, four, five Yeah, my God, that's so many. Jeez. I mean yeah. the Panthers' injury report's huge too though. <laughs> they get, yeah, his injury report is uh, 16 people.
2: Now, when you're looking at our injury report, are you looking at the one that has Matt on it now? Because he was added yeah. late.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking I at the am. one on the Lions site because they have both teams up.
2: Now, Jonathan
1: Stewart and Charles Johnson are both listed on there, and it's, but they're both not injury-related. So, you kind of, you know... Not listening. Yeah.
2: Julius Peppers is kind of curious, too, because yesterday was listed as a vet day, you know, no injury rest. And today's listed with a shoulder injury. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. I don't know if he just it was sore today and they were like, you're not practicing because you're too important. We have to put shoulder or if we really need to be concerned, you know, I, I don't know. Well, what the deal is, yeah,
3: he, he had the injury last week and he played through it. I can't imagine it's gotten worse because he didn't he didn't miss any of the game.
1: I'm wondering if maybe it's a thing where it's like if it's two consecutive vet days, if you have to list it as an injury.
2: It could be.
3: Yeah,
2: I don't know. The NFL has weird rules crazy. about all that stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's stupid rules <laughs> like like them removing oh, because the
2: problem- of Bill Belichick.
3: Well, like they removed the probable designation like that actually mattered. Like they're like, you know, this is pointless. Like, why, why do we have the probable designation if most people that are listed as probable play? That's exactly why you have the probable designation. So, that's all, <laughs> so if they're listed as probable, you know they're probably going to play.
2: Well, the reason they did that is because Bill Belichick would list like the entire team as probable.
3: I mean, he's not wrong.
2: I mean, he's not wrong, but you know, it just it made it unnecessarily confusing. And the NFL was like, you know, we need to we need to stop this. So let's make it more complicated.
3: Yeah. So now now there's like now there's even more. I feel like now there's more gray area though, because now if you're like a seventy percent chance of playing, you can't be probable anymore. Now you're questionable, even though you're probably going to play. Yeah. So way to go, NFL. Way to solve that non-existent problem.
1: So BW um, we obviously got into what John is excited for the next game. Uh what are what are you excited to watch for? What are you what are you watching out for in the Panthers Lions
2: game? I want to see Christian McCaffrey have a breakout game. Uh I think I think he's going to do it. I, I think we're going to see the first 100 yards rushing, touchdown scoring Christian McCaffrey that everybody wanted when we drafted him eighth overall.
3: I would love that. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean. Good okay, Brian. I'm looking I was
1: so to say, good. yeah, I mean, like the Lions, the Lions defense is pretty good, but I don't see a whole lot of people on that defense that are going to be able to match up with uh, – with McCaffrey one on one, maybe Glover Quinn if he's playing man coverage when McCaffrey's in the slot. But other than that, I don't, I don't really see anybody who scares me a whole lot covering McCaffrey. So that's that's not a bad that's not a bad point at all.
3: The thing is, I think Christian McCaffrey's going to be like a home run here for he just hasn't hit those that home run yet. And I feel like it could come at any game. It could be against the Lions. It could be against the Eagles. It could be against who knows. But it's just, he's bound to break find a seam and just break bust over for a, a big play.
1: Yeah. Um, to give you who I'm excited for, I'm actually really excited to see Devin Funches follow up on his, uh his really good game against the Patriots, because he seems like the guy who can run the routes and find the, find the uh, openings in the zones that, you kind of need from a guy like Greg Olson, for example, like that, that element was missing from their offense. And I think that Funches can really be that guy and find those areas. He he certainly did a great job with it last week. I mean, seven catches is good for a receiver like him. Um, So I expect them to have him fully involved once again, because I'm sure the lions are going to be scheming around uh, Kelvin Benjamin and Christian McCaffrey. So Funches is my guy to watch.
3: Yeah. And, and, it's interesting because you know they have Darius Slay, who's a pretty solid corner, but the Vikings, who have their they have like a you know their dynamic duo of wide receivers with Stephon Diggs Adam Field, and Adam Thielen, both of them were able to get get a little bit going. So I think yeah, Funches has a chance to to follow up on last week's game if he's really arrived, if he's decided he's going to start being a good a good player, which I'm all for that. I'm all for Funches being good,
1: as most Panthers fans would be. Most yeah, of them, for yeah. Sure. But, so, uh, go ahead. oh, go ahead.
3: No, 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 no.
1: I was going to move us to the next point. So if have anything else you want to say, feel free. No, I'm good. Okay. Well, I was going to mention, uh, Panthers signed to safety this week, Jairus Bird. Oh,
3: that's a good point. We need to talk to,
1: about uh, that. Yeah, to, uh, replace another Bird who just went on IR. So I'll start with BW since he's so salty about me never starting with him. What are your thoughts on the, the uh, Jairus Bird signing?
2: Well, it's pretty simple. Uh, is he better than Colin Jones? And the answer to that question is yes. Um, so you think that's yeah? That's really all we need him to be. Um, you know, Kurt Coleman's going to be out for a month or more, depending on how bad his knee is. Um, Demetrius Cox got hurt yet, um, last week in New England, and we have Colin Jones. So you know, we needed somebody. And according to Ron Rivera, you know, Jairus Bird is um, a quote unquote smart player who knows the defense and he could actually play on Sunday like he's um, the thing I found interesting is Ron said that they talked to him in during um, during the summer, during camp. He he worked out
3: for us during camp. he,
2: He worked out for us and Ron told him to stay in shape that if they needed somebody to come in and fill in, they would give him a call. And, you know, why didn't they just sign him then, you know? I guess um, they just
3: wanted to keep the roster spots for the young guys that they didn't want. I guess it's one of those things. Uh, I guess fun.
2: we needed to keep both kickers. Um,
3: That's very true. Well, it might be one know. of those things where like we're okay cutting like, Wes Horton or Ben Burson because they're not going to go anywhere and we can sign them whenever we want to. So it's probably the same thing with Jairus Bird. Like, you know, nobody signed him at this point. He'll probably be safe just sitting out there until we need him. Plus, I'm sure he's okay not getting having to practice and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, of course, another thing is if you keep him on the roster at the beginning of the year, like week one, you have to pay him mm-hmm. and if he, you get rid of him. And, and if you sign him after week one, you don't have to. Like, it's not guaranteed.
3: Plus, it's a bigger deal when you're somebody that's as old as he is. I don't know how NFL yeah. salary cap works. If if their actual salary counts or if, if they're a vet, does it just count the minimum against your cap?
2: I think it's the their, minimum against
3: the cap. So you might pay them Their more salary
1: than- is... Their salary is not fully guaranteed if you cut them, if they are not on the roster on week, during week one.
3: Well, my thing was like, so, I know like in the NBA, if you sign like the veteran the minimum, the minimum is, gets higher and higher the longer you've been in the league, but no matter what you're <laughs> actually getting paid, it still only counts as like the rookie minimum against the cap. I don't know if the NFL is the same way. I'm
2: not 100% NFL. sure. I think it probably doesn't because of the you can cut him and it doesn't count mm-hmm. deal. It probably balances out that way.
1: Yeah. At this point, the way I the way I understand it is, they essentially every game check that he gets paid is gone. But mm-hmm. three or four weeks in, if the Panthers decide, you know what, it's not working out, they cut him. No, no, about no blowback on the Panthers because it's that. But like I, but again, that also depends on what kind of if they sign him just a regular. Veteran a minimum contract, then that's per game check. If they signed him to a contract and they threw him some guaranteed money just to sign, then that guaranteed money's obviously out the window too. But from the standpoint of game checks, it's a matter of how many he plays. Like his his contract is not fully guaranteed because he wasn't on the roster week one.
3: So you guys, what are you guys' expectations for him? Do you think he's going to be like a difference maker, or is it going to be another like? Just veteran stopgap that ends up being mildly disappointing because we wanted them to be like their superstar prime.
2: I think he's going to be somewhere between what Kurt Coleman basically gives you mm-hmm. and a massive failure because everybody is going to expect Troy Polamalu.
3: That's, um, that's a nice range you know, you've given there. He's going to yeah. be anywhere between a good safety and a horrible safety. Yeah, solid. Take. So.
2: Yeah, um, but no, I I really think he's basically just going to be, quote, better than Colin Jones. Uh, He's not going to be a disaster. Uh, I think if we kept him, you know, even when Kurt Coleman comes back and we play both of them at the same time, and then we shift Mike Adams into situational, you know, we need a blitzer or something like that, I I think he would actually be a decent contributor, kind of like Cortland Finnegan was a couple of years ago. That's a good. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't expect him to be, you know, Ed Reed, but I I also don't think he'll be terrible. I think he'll be okay.
3: It's always interesting to me how players can be so good, like he was in Buffalo. And I guess it makes sense because it's the Saints, but then they assign somewhere else, and it's just like they suck for the rest of their career all of a sudden. Like, just like they forget how to play the game they've played all their life. So it's,
2: yeah, it was New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans ruined him. I think Rob Ryan specifically ruined him. And I I think if I think if we keep him longer than two or three weeks, I think we'll end up with closer to what he was in Buffalo.
3: Yeah, just like an older version of what he was in Buffalo. Yeah, Slower, just an older version
2: of what he was in Buffalo, which is which is a decent player, especially mm-hmm. as a, a stopgap fill in for Kirk Coleman.
1: Yeah, I you know feel,
3: um go ahead, Brad, Brian.
1: I was going to say, um, I think this was the best situation he could walk into as a veteran safety, essentially coming off the street, because the Panthers' pass rush is pretty good. Their front seven is pretty good. And to your point, BW, about uh, Rob Ryan's defense, I actually made this point on the Falcoholic podcast last night, plugging that. Feel free to listen to it. Plug in all the SB
3: Nation um, sites tonight.
1: <laughs> that's the, Fal- the Falcoholic SB Nation Falcons website. Feel free to check them out if you don't totally hate the Falcons. Um, anyway, so essentially, like, one of the biggest issues that I heard from the Bills before Sean McDermott took over was that their defense was way too complicated. Um, they're out there trying to play Clue instead of just play defensive react. And obviously... You guys under and Steve books now. It's not an overly complicated defense. It's it's got its schemes. It's got design. its design blitzes here and there, but for the most part, their front and butter is four man pass rush zone coverage. You force the you force the throw to come out faster because of the pass rush of the four man, and then you hope for the interceptions if a based stuff of a bad throw. I mean, for the most part, that's what they do. Um, and when Sean McDermott went in there and installed the same kind of defense, it's been way more successful for them. And I think that could be something – that that point could be attributed to Jerrod Bird, because Byrd was never part of a really overly complicated defense with the Bills before Ryan got there. Then he went to the Saints where Rob Ryan was the court for a, a bit there when he was supposed to be, like, the savior of their secondary Um I think what, what ultimately happens is that Carolina's going to put him going to put him in a position to read and react more so than uh, make him blitz or make him do a lot of crazy stuff. Um, and Mike Evans has been good for Carolina so far. He hasn't been like, a world beater, but he hasn't he hasn't been something we consider a liability on defense yet. So I think that if they gonna have the ability to rotate them in use the three of them to their strengths. Like Mike Adams is probably gonna be better as a better than Kirk Coleman and better than uh Jaris Byrd as a as a box defender and then use like Kirk Coleman and Jaris Byrd more so in the passing situation. So I think it was a good pickup in the sense that there's not a lot of risk involved with it. But it could it's be like huge, no it could be huge
3: if he if he uh, if he's a rotational piece. Alright. Thanks thanks for your take, Robot Brian. Or is it just me that yeah. i a robot? <laughs>
2: Um, I, I heard, like, two words out of that whole thing.
3: I heard more than two words, but it was Wait, pretty. Really? Yeah, your mic's getting pretty choppy. You don't want to unplug it and
2: replug it back in.
3: Anyway. Um, I, w- I mean,
2: it's, it's the best you've sounded all night.
3: <laughs> it's Roast City tonight. Um, I think it's – what was I going to say? It's- I just got thrown off. This is by far the most professional podcast we've ever done, I gotta say. Um, I Why didn't like you
1: interrupt me and tell me I sounded like a robot? I just kept
3: waiting I for thought you. It was funny. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I also thought it was gonna get better at any moment, and I thought it might be only <laughs> me hearing it. So that's a treat for everybody yeah, listening. Yeah,
2: I do, oh. I, I, you know, seriously, I thought I was the only one hearing it when John agreed with you or, you know, he said something that you said. I was like, well, maybe it's just me, so I'll just be quiet.
3: Yeah, you uh, may just repeat what I said. No, 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 no. No.
2: no I heard no, no, no. we
3: I could hear like ninety percent of what you said, or at least use context clues to film what you couldn't what I didn't understand. But the whole time you sound like a robot and it was pretty entertaining.
2: Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> if you're still listening to the podcast at this point, I don't think anybody's gonna care. So
3: <laughs> You're not here for the the, the crisp, clean, professional stuff, because we've already broken that wall a couple times. But anyway, Jare's bird. Back to what we were talking about after the second break of the night. Um, I think it's. I'm excited for it in that, like you said, he just has to be better than Colin Jones, and he probably will be. And it, I just envision him being like that type of player where you just kind of don't notice he's there. Like he might make a nice pass break up here and there, but he's not going to be like, like as I don't expect like week one, Kurt Coleman, where he's just in on every tackle and he's all over the field and stuff like that. I just kind of expect a just standard safety play, just average to safety play.
2: Do you think he'll play Sunday?
3: I think so. I mean, I don't think we signed him to not play. He might not play the whole game, but I'm sure there's going to be times where it's like, hey, Jairus, go in there. This is what we want you to do. Go do it for a couple of plays, and then we'll take you out if we uh, want to do something different.
1: And the one thing to remember too is Demetrius Cox is the guy that is essentially filling in over Colin Jones right now and he's still mm-hmm. hurt too. So What's, I would imagine Jarris Bird's gonna be out there.
3: Yeah, I just I, if I can't imagine we're comfortable with Colin Jones as the starting free safety, or else we wouldn't have I guess we had to sign somebody anyway, but I think we would have gone like to we the We would practice have just brought up
2: Southward yeah. or Parms from the practice squad if we were comfortable with Colin Jones, so
3: yeah, that's yeah. that's my take on it. So I think I think we're – I expect to see him out there. I don't expect to see him out there for 100% of the snaps, but I expect he'll be out there a good bit, especially in important situations. I mean, if he's playing a deep safety role, like how, how varied are his responsibilities going to be?
2: Yeah, it's basically don't let anybody behind you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Don't do like Colin Jones does.
3: <laughs> no, don't
1: knock him out yeah he'll probably be the uh like the hard free safety in the sense that like he's gonna be the single high he's gonna be have the deep responsibilities. I don't expect them to really keep him towards the line of scrimmage play and run support. I imagine Michael Adams will take over a lot of that responsibility mm-hmm. so
3: yeah, I might have to simplify a few things just to make sure he's on the same page as everybody, but
1: well, I mean I hey, they cool. did it with the they did it against the patriots I mean I didn't see a whole lot of whoever was playing safety for the Panthers, like being up by the line of scrimmage or blitzing or anything like that. Um, I only really saw Michael Adams doing anything particularly different.
3: So, you definitely know how
1: to scheme around
3: that. I honestly really didn't see any safety at all after uh, Coleman got hurt, other than when Jones (laughs) got burnt in the end zone.
1: Were they even on the field? Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, barely. He was trying to be. Yep. Good
1: old Colin Jones. He's He's a student on and off the field.
3: God dang! We got to do this hard. every single episode.
1: Locker room guy, <laughs> hard worker.
2: He's sneaky fast. He's got a lot of grit.
1: Tough, tough mentality. You know. He
2: knows the playbook.
1: One of the coaches' guys
2: too. Yeah, he's a coach on the field.
1: Yep. And off the field. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man okay so who are you guys most concerned with on the lions
2: matthew stafford
3: brian wow
1: great great
2: response um <laughs> dude's a really good quarterback i mean he gets a lot of crap <laughs> but you know the lions made him the highest paid player in the league for a reason he's he can sling the ball i mean he's really good
3: he doesn't though. um
2: the
1: guy that concerns me the most is Ezekiel Ansah, simply because he's going to be on Matt Khalil, and that's bad.
2: Oh god, That's, yeah. <laughs> that's
3: my wow. mine was. And gonna- he could
2: potentially be lined up on a mini Silatolo too. That's yeah. even worse. That's
3: gross. Oh Jesus! I was
1: going to say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like,
2: yeah. I was going to say, like, as far
1: as Matt Stafford goes, like, you know, he's an upper tier quarterback. The Panthers did relatively okay against Tom Brady, but. Patriots don't boast a guy like Ziggy Ansah, so that's a problem. It's a real problem for that for that offense.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a mine would definitely be Ziggy Ansah on defense, and then probably Matthew Stafford. I feel like I don't know if it's because they're trying to like make him take care of the ball or what, but they've really made him into like 2012 Tom Brady, where he just he just kind of gets the ball out quick to receivers in, uh, in the short area of the field a lot more often than he just pushes the ball down the field. And with that, I would probably say I'm more concerned with Golden Tate in particular on offense, just because he thrives at making people miss and getting yards after the catch and stuff, and I'm still, I mean, we did well against it last week, but I'm always worried about that after just watching this team for years just get chewed up with yards underneath in front of the first down marker.
1: And the other issue with that is that James Bradbury is not going to exclusively cover him because opposite side of the field's Marvin Jones. So they're not going to really have him shadow Golden Tate because they both they have two receivers who are roughly Tate, equal talent.
3: And so. Tate plays out of the slot for the most part. Like I'm looking at his his routes from the last couple weeks and pretty much everything starts on just like just outside the hash mark. So
1: uh, that makes me really excited for the Panthers to come out and once again frustratingly play mostly base defense and have Shaq Thompson give up 10 plus receptions
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> for a hundred percent completion percentage and 179 quarterback rating against <laughs> he's going over slot perfect, receivers
3: over perfect rate like so many completions their passer rating was better than perfect yep exactly. yeah that's, that would be my concern too that we're gonna stick to Shaq Thompson on on golden Tate all day and he's just gonna get chewed up
2: like I said the exact same thing to the the pride of Detroit guys last night that they asked if what Lions offensive player could possibly have a big day and I said Golden Tate because they're gonna put Shaq Thompson on him instead of Captain Munderland. And he's gonna catch balls like ten yards down the field and and just, you know, ten, twelve yards at a time, you know, paper cut us to death. Um they were they were really psyched about that too. I can
3: totally see Golden Tate. Shocker. I can totally see Golden Tate having a game tomorrow where we do if we play it smart or not tomorrow, but Sunday where Golden Tate has, like, 12 catches for 80 yards.
2: Oh, see, I was a little more generous than that. I said 12 catches for, like, 200 yards, because <laughs> I, I think he's going to get one, like, they're going to keep setting us up with that 10 yards down the field, and then all of a sudden he's going to throw an 80-yard bomb to him. Um a
3: little double move type thing.
2: Yeah, if Jareth Birds
1: had anything to say about
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that'll be the play that Colin Jones is in the game.
3: Yeah. There you go. You got me, you got me there. <laughs> that reminds me. This is something I didn't bring up when we talked about the Patriots game, but when we talked about Shaq Thompson, I feel like that should put the whole Shaq Thompson playing box safety to bed.
2: Yeah, we, we should not be using him in that role. We should be playing nickel, straight nickel with um, Captain Monolin. So here's my take on that
1: theoretically that idea of using Shaq Thompson as like your big nickel guy works, but that's only against an offense. that's basically being playing base personnel and using a tight end as like a move guy. Yeah. Um, my idea of that would actually be um, like the chiefs, for example, they throw out say Tyreek Hill. And then I don't know, even know who their second wide receiver is, Connor but, uh, and-, and then, you, and then Travis Kelsey, like Kelsey can play in line, but in the backfield, in the slot, you know that's the kind of player where Shaq Thompson might actually do well, because Travis Kelsey's not going to run a Travis Kelsey doesn't run a four three forty, so that's the that ideally is what you want Shaq Thompson for. That said, I don't understand why you have Shaq Thompson covering Michael Thomas or Julian Edelman in the slot, or not Julian Edelman, uh, the other white wide receiver for the Patriots. Um, Danny Amendola
3: and Chris Hogan. Uh, yeah. Dan- Danny All Amendola
1: or Chris Hogan. <laughs> um, those, those make no sense to me because those guys, Shaq is not cut out to cover them because I don't care how fast Shaq Thompson is, he is, does not have the change of direction ability that a defensive back does. It's just not possible. Exactly. Even if you put
2: Keekley in that role, he can't do it. You know, like... So yeah. and that's what frustrates me because you you know just as well as I do, we're going to see Shaq Thompson lined up against Golden Tate, and Golden Tate's going to win that matchup nine times out of ten.
1: Watch watch Shaq Thompson come out and have like three picks on Sunday and just shut up. Of course, us all up yeah, <laughs> to, pro- to yeah. prove
2: us wrong, Golden Tate will be held to no catches, you know, negative eight yards, um, and Shaq Thompson will have three pick sixes. Shaq
1: Thompson will have the highest ever rated outside linebacker slash nickel linebacker grade with PFF. Obviously, subject to change after review.
3: He's going to have a 105 grade. Yep. Yeah, I just, i like, that was something that I just thought was being talked about more than it needed to be, and then it makes no sense to have him playing any sort of defensive back role, whether it is safety or nickel, when the other team's running out there, running three wide receivers out there. It doesn't work. Right. I don't know if we got that idea because it's like, man, he locked down Larry Fitzgerald, but Larry Fitzgerald is essentially a small tight end at this point in his career. And
1: yeah. CP will blow you up because CP because I made that point and CP lit me up in the Slack chat about it. Um, he he did line up against Larry Fitzgerald, but he only actually lined up against Fitzgerald once in a passing down.
3: <laughs> so a, shut him down. Maybe
1: that's what. May, may, maybe it's just that. <laughs> maybe it's just that the coaching. St- I saw something different than, than CP did, but he he really he really sat me down and oh, he sat he sat me down, took the box and opened it when it came to that. So, <laughs> well,
3: the yeah. idea of using Shaq as a big nickel or uh, safety, well, no,
1: just the idea that Shaq Thompson shut down Larry oh, Fitzgerald.
3: I got you. Yeah, that's yeah. been the thing that people have been yeah. saying. I never went back and checked it or saw that exchange. So, even more of a reason that was a while
1: not, ago, obviously. But even
3: yeah. more of a reason to not pretend that Shaq Thompson can play anywhere other than linebacker.
1: Well, like I said, he can, but it has to be in a situation well, yeah. where the offense is rolling out their their base personnel and just lining up up all over the field. That's where theoretically it works.
3: Yeah, but, I agree with that. Their, where they're where yeah. they're going with like twenty one or twelve personnel, where there's no there's two wide receivers on the field, basically. Yeah. Bitch, yeah, that makes sense because then he's yeah he's he's matched up physically with somebody he can keep up with, and not exactly Chris Hogan or well Danny Amendola is our slot guy or Golden Tate or. Any of those other guys?
1: Any of those guys who are, you know, coaches on the field, hard workers, you know, sneaky, fast. Those are the guys you can't be lined up on. So,
3: Well, luckily yeah. the Lions don't have anybody like that.
1: Hey, Zach Zenner. Don't rule that guy out. <laughs>
3: hey, speaking of him, I was just looking at their, their last couple games. He had a solid three carries for zero yards last game. Is there... Speaking of him, is there anybody who looks more goofy running with the ball than Zach Zenner?
1: Greg um, Olsen. Kenny Bridgewater?
3: No. Greg Olsen has nothing on Zach Zinner. Zach Zinner looks like – well, I guess Greg Olsen is to an extent. Zach Zinner looks like he's scared and about to fall at any second when he runs, which is not at all this year because his longest carry on the year is three yards. But I remember when he, he filled in at the end of last year and he broke a couple, yard, a couple big runs on uh, catches or handoffs and he ran and it looked like he could trip over his own 8 feet at any moment and he looked like somebody running from a monster in a horror movie
1: <laughs> wow it's very specific but
3: <laughs> it's it's very true you need to watch him run and tell me i'm wrong
1: i guess we'll see on sunday if he takes any carries
3: no he won't apparently because like i said he's he's gotten carries in two games in the last two games he's gotten for the for the season he has six carries for 5 yards So I'm not very, I'm not particularly worried about him. Uh, Wait, wait, no, i sorry, that's wrong. No, that's right, everyone. Yeah, I'm not particularly concerned about him. You good? No, uh, (laughs) I am now, yeah. ESPN was lying to me. (laughs) As as they tend to uh, do.
1: Hitting that, uh, I think we've hit that half hour, potentially longer mark. I don't know, we've been on here for a lot longer
3: than we've been recording. uh, I think it's been like 40 minutes.
1: Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll start with BW once again, so that he doesn't feel left out. Uh, any lasting remarks or thoughts prior before this, uh, Panthers Lions game?
2: Um, go Panthers.
1: Uh, great take. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I don't ask for you first.
3: Um, yeah, yeah I, I get to talk first. so You can I steal my ideas. Time to think. Yeah. yeah. Build off of my boss.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, John. Uh, what do you, what do you have for us?
3: Um, I think that the Panthers have a very real shot at winning this game. I think the Lions are very good. I think, like I said, I think the big, the determining factor, as has been with all the Lions games this year, is going to come down to if the Panthers can take care of the ball and if they can force turnovers on the other side. Um, because that's, that's been Detroit's calling card for the season. So, Matthew Stafford's been Mr. Safe with the ball, but we know from early in his career he can make some questionable decisions so how about we force a turnover how about that yes <laughs> we haven't done that, that stop
1: dropping interceptions yeah
3: that was my idea on monday yeah it's just it's yep. a wild and crazy idea but maybe i'll try it on sunday catch the ball if it's thrown to you and then um maybe we'll have some success maybe we'll win
1: yep yeah i'm looking for a bounce back game from this defense um the lions have a lot of nice pieces and i think theoretic's gonna be a lot more involved than people are Given them credit for, but this is a very winnable game for Carolina, especially if the offense shows up like they did against the Patriots. I think the Swagger's back there. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we see oh, 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 a Panthers win.
3: One more thing. Oh. We went this entire episode without mentioning Jim Bob Cooter.
2: Big oh God.
3: Big fail on our part there. Major, yeah, major like oversight. The
2: game in the NFL, and we didn't even talk about it.
3: Didn't even mention it, not even in passing. Big, big time. Why are you guys even listening to us right now? Oh well, we'll, we'll get him next Cooter. time. <laughs> Jim Bob Cooter. well, I'm sure they'll hear plenty name. about.
1: I'm sure they'll hear plenty about Jim Bo- Bob Cooter on a uh, Monday or Tuesday whenever we pump out the the recap podcast. Hopefully, for the right reasons and not the wrong reasons. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, it would be. I like I like it better when we're talking about good stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's more fun to do a post game after we win. We're
1: already negative people. We're just—it's better when we're talking negatively about positive things. So, exactly. you know,
3: exactly. And I would like to win because, like, we beat the Patriots, which I would have thought I was going to be like thrilled about. And just you know, can't say a negative word, but I just for whatever reason, some of the stuff we got away with in that game was like, God, this is just—I, this doesn't look like we're playing a real football team when we're on offense, but. Enough
1: of of the negativity, John.
3: I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go Panthers. It's
1: been a negative enough week. Yep. We're going to win. All right. Well, from all of us at the CSR Podcasts, uh, good luck to the Panthers on Sunday. And uh, hopefully they win and we can bring some good tidings to you next week. Stay tuned.
0: Have a good weekend. Later. in America too She's a good girl She's crazy about elves, loves horses and her boyfriend too And it's a long day living in receded There's a free the vampires walking through the valley, move west down venture a Boulevard and all the bad boys are standing in the shadow and the good girls are home with broken hearts
2: at 18.9 Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Vergecast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you will listen to podcasts, check it out.